I really hope you're feeling nice. I hope you're feeling cool. This is Nick Flanagan Weekly. I am your titular host. It's a show where things get talked about by me. Sometimes with others. Sometimes all by my lonesome. Today I'm by my lonesome. There is a dog near me. So that's good. And uh, I also have my little gizmo toy. And that's nice. And I also have um, my alligator keyboard. It's built like an alligator. I don't have my headphones on because for some reason when I play it there's a noise. When I put the headphones in my ears there's a noise and it's distracting but I might not be in tune so I'll stop. Being out of tune is one of people's pet peeves I've found. Uh, More pets less pet peeves that's what I'm saying to you. This is a world where we just need to complain less, but somehow also cathartically remove the stress and not keep it inside. Isn't that a difficult thing? They say helping others is a way to do it, but you know what? If you're sad and staying at home, how are you going to help others? Maybe do a kid's helpline? Maybe not a kid's helpline. That would be creepy. I think there should be like a kid. The only time I do believe in child labor is if you hire children to um, helm a, a kid's helpline. Kids helping kids. Million dollar idea. I'm helping somebody now by giving them this idea because I will not execute it. It's weird and strange, but I think you'll make a million dollars. It's both weird and strange. The, the deadly combo of things that mean the same thing. Oh, it's both strong and uh, powerful as well as an idea. (laughs) Um, I haven't done a podcast. I didn't do one last week. It was a crazy week, crazy week, crazy week. I'm still struggling with uh, feeling all the feels, all of them, all of the feelings. What time of day are you going to ask me how I am? depends on uh, the the answer will depend on on that very thing the time of day that you ask me and it'll be different uh, at any given time day on any uh, day meaning two o'clock on a monday oh i'm feeling great two o'clock on a tuesday i'm not feeling great two o'clock the following monday feeling uh neutral so it's not really time wise there's no specific time. I'm just saying all of the different times I am feeling many, many different things. And boy, is it tiring. And as well, I'm also hustling that hustle. Uh, so it doesn't. And also last week, there was like this uh, stuff that came up involving uh, Toronto King, Dallas Good, a bit of a memorial for him. So that kind of brought out a few more feelings and people who hadn't been in town for a while who I saw. Um, so I think last week that was another heavy thing on my mind that, uh, got in the way of sitting in front of the microphone and saying, and talking about the first 
third or half of this Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, which I'm glad I waited on. I'll talk about that in a minute, maybe. But yes, um, I can't say, I don't know if you've been listening to this podcast for a long time, if you're like, Nick is always feeling the exact same way and he just keeps voicing that. Maybe, maybe I'm always saying, oh, I feel so many things or I can't even define or articulate the feelings I'm feeling or uh, I don't know how I feel. And that is stressful to me. So now I know I'm feeling stressed. But is it stress or is it just expectation and fear? There's so many questions. (laughs) I have for you as a listener, but I cannot get it together to write a little survey. That's the dream. That you have enough of a crack operation that you can send out an email that says a bunch of survey questions so you can better serve your public as a podcaster. One level above broadcaster is podcaster. This is fact, circa 2022. An Italian greyhound named Charlie, who I am a fan of, is looking around in confusion right now, thinking, what is Nick feeling? I don't know what he's feeling, and I'm stressed out. Well, maybe I'm reading too much into it. He actually is now fading into a sleepy oblivion. This dog is 20, 19 years old, 20 years old. He used to be brown as a fox. And as he's aged, he's whitened up. He's got this very light kind of golden white, slightly gray look to him. And let me tell you, he's all muscle. That's my theory with these Italian greyhounds. They probably live a long time, a lot of them, and that's because they're little, and they have wonderful musculature. They, <laughs> I'll stand by that on the, on the, at the court. If I'm called to testify at this Johnny Depp trial, I'll do it for either side, as long as it's about why I think Italian greyhounds live long. And it's because they're small, so, and, and their legs are long and thin and support their torsos perfectly. And you know who else has that? A lot of humans. So I thank uh, the makers for building humans this way because you know what? I feel pretty good on my legs. Although my back has been hurting me a lot lately. That's been irritating. And I've been surrounded by live music. This has been really weird. That memorial I was at, there was some live performance, and then I went and I did the door at a rock show, so I saw some bands there, and then I was at the opera a lot, and don't get, don't even ask why, but it seemed like I was at the opera quite a lot, and then last night, saw the opera again, and why is he seeing the opera so much? Is he training to be an opera singer? You're never going to know unless you keep tuning in. Or if you email me at weeklypodcast at gmail.com, W-E-A-K-L-Y podcast at gmail.com, one of the less contacted email addresses that I own, you can ask me why I'm at the opera so much, and I will answer you in private. Uh... Scott Thompson and Paul Bellini's band. Two pivotal people 
in the Kids in the Hall. Scott Thompson, one of the five cast members of the Kids in the Hall alongside Dave Foley, Kevin McDonald, Bruce McCullough, Mark McKinney. Okay, so there's just four of them. But some say that um, Paul Bellini is the fifth because he was in a towel and a writer for the show. He had a character that was named him and he wore a towel and he would just pop up. And Scott and Paul had a band called Mouth Congress. If you listen way back to my interview with Scott Thompson, uh, I uh, talked a lot to him about Mouth Congress. And I even wrote a big article about Mouth Congress for the Bandcamp website. And uh, they performed at the Venerable Bovine Sex Club last night, a rare show. And I caught it. My man Dan Galia opened up. Al Val did some comedy, too, and there were a bunch of bands. I only saw the comedy part because I showed up right on time. And that was something I've learned. Going to shows has its benefits. Not many. (laughs) But I'll say socializing is probably healthy. So that's one. Sometimes it shows you socialize. A lot of the time, when I was growing up, you didn't always socialize. You would be too afraid to. But now I'm older and uh, I'm not afraid to socialize at shows. I know a few more. So that's a good thing about shows. But another good thing about shows is you feel like a real uh, champion. It's like the opposite of the airport. I feel like there's no... If you're early for the airport, great. But that becomes this waiting game unto itself. And it's never fun. It never feels like a win. Even with all the prep. Um, catching the sunrise, well, you know, it's going to leave soon. So you get up early enough for the sunrise, that's great, and then you just are like, where where to go? It's up there now, in the sky. Sunset, the opposite. And, um, but shows, you're like, when is the last band playing? I dropped by the bovine, saw Dan, who I mentioned earlier. Dan was like, they're not playing for a while. I rushed over back to my place, took care of the dog, got on the bus, charged my phone while I was taking care of the dog, and then grabbed the phone, went back to the show, got there just in time for Mouth Congress, stood right by the stage, right near the exit. So this is perfect. No better spot than near the, the closest exit. Anywhere you are, that's, that's where you should be. You might have to make a run for it, let's face it, for a variety of reasons. Mostly to do with not paying the bill. Not that I bought anything. Shout out to the Bowmine Sex Club. It's not that I didn't buy anything because I don't want you to be in business. It's just uh, inflation's a, a oh, problem these days. And... Uh, I charged my phone, and that meant that I had time. Uh, well, I had battery power to film an entire song by my Mouth Congress. Wouldn't have been able to do that if I hadn't charged a phone. Charged my phone. Made it to the show on time. Fed the dog. Uh, I think I, 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 got, I had pizza. I bought a pizza on my way to the house. Huge wins here. And... Uh, See, Bovine Sex Club, if you'd offered uh, well-priced pizza, well, that $15 might be yours. I'm just saying. 
might be an idea that places want to do. Not just serving food, but serving value-priced food. <laughs> Made it back, watched the show, filmed something, went to catch the bus. It was right there to get home. And then I was so hyped up from all of this winning that I uh, couldn't sleep for a while. Sort of threw off my day. Because I got up at a decent time, but then... <laughs> A bit too late in the day, I fell asleep for about two hours. So, help me, is what I'm trying to say. Um, but yeah, I think you do need to make a point in life, especially if you feel uh, like I do, which is, at a moment, I, I feel a bit vulnerable. I feel a bit uh, unsatisfied with certain things. Primarily just the amount of time I'm able to practice my art. I'm so, well, at this point I'm almost not. But prior to the pandemic, I was fairly used to doing a bunch of comedy. And uh, doing live performance and working out jokes in the act. And maybe even going out of town. And um, I just haven't been able to sort of open up my big book and <laughs> of dates and figure out who to ask to do what and blah 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 I have my friends I have some day ones and uh, I have two shows coming up they're great and I'm probably going to do put on a show of my own soon but uh, you know w without that it's it's not satisfying um, w without that constant sort of performance and I guess the seeing people that that involves um, I don't feel that great. So going to this show, even though I wasn't performing and seeing Scott and seeing Paul and seeing my friends and really appreciating the show, these guys, Mouth Congress, it's uh, Gord Disley. I cannot remain, remember the name of the other gentleman in the band. Uh, Gord Disley is a, a guy who... Very funny comic, and uh, now he plays at Mouth Congress and does his stuff, and he, uh, they, they were, sounded great, and Mouth Congress played stuff from their 80s. They were basically like a punk new wave art school band that Paul and Scott formed almost at the same time as Kids in the Hall, I want to say. There's a documentary about them you, you should be able to find online. And um, did I even mention the words Kids in the Hall yet? Scott is a member of the Kids in the Hall. Paul was a writer. I think I did mention that at the beginning, but I really want to hammer that home. And uh, they would perform, but they weren't in really any scene. So I don't think they were super known. But now they're back. And their new songs were great. And they were really funny on stage, but it also functioned as a, a show. So you could tap your toes, nod your head, and I'll sing along, but also giggle. Who wants more than that? Not me. I feel a kinship with these these folks in Mouth Congress, because that's what all the bands I've been in, there's always been an element of that, you know. I feel like my singing was a little more inaudible than theirs, but uh, they had a song about the truckers, the trucker convoy that happened here in Canada. It's just called Honk. I love it. I'm telling you. And this is what we need. 
We need humorous, I don't know, there's something about music, 80s, 70s, even 1960s, there was, and even the 90s too, there was just like a really good amount of um, social commentary songs that didn't feel overly, they were kind of funny and, and they were not too preachy and they were, they had a sort of nihilism sometimes about them that, that made them seem a little even handed and all that stuff wound up contributing to the stew we're in now where everyone has very divided opinions about things. I think because some of this music was a little bit left in the eye, uh, the ear of the beholder to interpret. So one person heard F Dem the <laughs> F police by an NWA and was like, fuck the police. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, become an anti-poverty uh, activist. And then a person was like, fuck the police. I think that we should all have private police. I'm a libertarian. Or uh, somebody heard that song uh, about Kent State, Ohio, which <laughs> I'll tell you something I learned or had forgotten the other day that made me laugh in a moment. But And one person hears Ohio, they're like, this is so sad. And another person hears it and is like, is like I want to join the uh, American uh, world of people with guns who can um, tyrannize people. So a song might have a message, but when you throw it out there, it gets all scrambled. And that's kind of fun, but also terrible. Oh, Charlie's looking pensive about that thought. May the fourth be with you. Somebody just turned the podcast off immediately now. I didn't know this guy was going to say, May the fourth be with you. Ah, but. I said it tongue in cheek slightly. Because <laughs> I realize everyone's going, May the fourth be with you. There's politicians doing, May the fourth be with you some sort of Star Wars reference just because it's May 4th. Just because it's, uh, I don't know, some kind of play on words. Everyone's suddenly talking about Star Wiggy Wars. And, uh, come on now. We're adults. <laughs> I love Star Wars. Do I have multiple editions of Star Wars on VHS that I do not watch? And I also have them on DVD? Yes, I don't know why. Do I have doubles to sell? Maybe. Do I know anything about May the 4th and, and why people are saying that to each other? No. And then this old friend of my dad's reminded me this is also the May 4th is also the anniversary of Kent the Kent State murders. When unarmed protesters were killed, st unarmed student protesters were murdered by the US government. Man. And we're talking about Han Solo? Next time some kid gives you that Vulcan salute and says, May the fourth be with you, Mom. <laughs> Say, let me sit you down. 
play you a song called Ohio. Spell out the message so that they don't wind up wanting to be one of these government people who shoots students. And then tell them Star Wars is cool, but not to fetishize it in media. Right? Am I right, kids? God, Chewbacca really saved the whole Star Wars thing, don't you think? You know what I mean? Like, nobody wants... There's no Chewbacca, we're not having fun. I mean, that's really the truth of it. And I think that's why they brought him back for whatever the newer Disney ones are. And that's why um, they didn't make him like one... Like, it's not one Wookiee. It's a whole planet full of Wookiees. So just when you do, if you do setting something pre-Chewbacca, like those prequels, you get a bunch of Wookiees in the background, you know, dancing. <laughs> T-G-I-T-G-F-C. Thank God for Chewbacca. T-F-F-C. Thank Force for Chewbacca. May 4th for Chewbacca. You know, maybe if people were like, okay, happy Chewbacca Day. Also, it's the Kent State, it was the Kent State Massacre happened today. I'd accept that. I think every time we say something fun, we also have to say something a little political. God, Charlie looks terrified. Is my voice terrifying your dog? You don't, oh, you don't have a dog? Good move. A lot of work. A lot of fur. A lot of barking. And sometimes, bad surprises. I'm going to type in the password on my Mac. Please uh, cover your ears so that you don't deduce what keys I'm typing to get to my thing. My, my password. Oh, boy, folks. Yeah. Through this whole week of strangeness last week, and before that, my birthday, and many people I care about birthdays. Um, this Johnny Depp trial was happening. And I've decided to full-on reserve judgment until it's all over. Because at the beginning, oh, Johnny Depp's doing his testimony, and you're like, okay. And then now Amber Heard's giving her testimony, and you're like, oh, okay. And then, on top of that, everyone hates Amber Heard. All the internet is just agog, labeling her all kinds of, uh, with all kinds of mental disorders, and calling her a super liar, and this and that, and it's like, you know, as my friends pointed out yesterday, these are incredibly rich people. Even if Amber Heard started working class and Johnny Depp too. I don't know if Johnny Depp did for sure, but it sounds like something. He's Kentucky. Seems like it wouldn't be the richest. And she kept saying she's working class in her thing, in her testimony, which happened started this week. But they're super rich. And she adapted very quickly to his rich, rich, rich lifestyle. 
And uh, by the way, saying you're working class doesn't mean you're not rich. Everyone talks about it. Get a trade. You know why? Because the money rolls in as long as you're working. Working class. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, again, just backtracking. Rewind. I'll tell you. If you don't care or know about this trial, I'm not going to go on and on about it. That's probably a lie, but just keep listening is all I'm trying to say, even if you're not interested. Uh, why? Why do I want that? I'm not making money if you keep listening and hate it. If anything, if you didn't like it, this, and keep listening, and I forced you to by sheer uh, triumph of my will, then... You're probably going to be madder at me by the end of the podcast than if you turned it off now and gave me a second chance later. So, look, if you don't want to hear about Amber Heard, just promise me you'll come back some other time and listen to this podcast. I have a nice interview with Don Pyle coming soon. Anyway. So, in case you want the backstory, a lot of people probably want me to be the person who breaks down the deal with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard and summarizes it for you. I think he met her when she was 22. Caster is the love interest in this Hunter Thompson vehicle he, he made called the Rum Diary. He's a big fan of gonzo journalist Hunter Thompson. Not once but twice in this trial have people sort of explained who Hunter Thompson was on the stand. Seems ridiculous. I, too, am a fan of Hunter Thompson. I've read a great deal of his books. Did I keep on... Kind of, you know, making a whole thing about it after a certain age? No. But I also didn't hang out and befriend Hunter Thompson, which Johnny Depp did. So he plays Johnny. Uh, he plays Hunter Thompson in, in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and starts acting like Hunter Thompson for the rest of his life. And then he decides he'll make a movie out of this book Thompson wrote called The Rum Diary. Cass Amber Heard is the love interest. Gets divorced a couple years later boom they're they're dating suddenly they're married he's 22 years older than her he was in she's in her 20s uh when when uh they get married he's rich already beyond our wildest dreams but then the pirates of the caribbean thing makes him crazy rich then they get divorced she claims abuse he claims abuse from her they come to a settlement, retract all of their claims. Then she writes an article about how she was abused. But she doesn't name Johnny Depp. Then he sues her. That's right, he sues her. Claiming it's libel and it's ruined his life because he's been taken off the newest pirates thing and they don't want him for dangerous, fantastic major animal beasts they don't want him for mordecai too mordecai they can't get the new the reboot of mordecai made isn't it odd that johnny depp right after fear and loathing in las vegas made so few good movies before then at least you know there'd always be a lot of good to some movie he was not every movie but his choices were kind of interesting he kind of got it Apparently, it's because he had kids and uh, wanted to make movies for kids. But it's also probably because, ka-ching, 
The dumber the flick, the bigger the buck. <laughs> anyway, so now he's suing her. And she's countersuing if he loses. And this is all coming up while well, we have a war in Ukraine. Personal losses, lots of struggle, record gas prices, inflation. But they're on, there's a televised trial and we get to watch Johnny Depp be weird for like an entire day. We're learning, it's like the OJ trial, but more accessible somehow because it's on the net. And these people who love Johnny Depp, they're just like, they've decided this for years. They're like, she's, you know, he's great. It's it it's a it's a thing that happens a lot now where there's truth, but there's a lot of people who have like unhealthy connections to a celebrity who are trying to sort of pivot that truth into sort of erasing any wrongdoing on the part of the celebrity. <laughs> but this has been a really interesting trial because it's about um Whether it's true or not, it's about male, uh, the abuse of a husband. It's about the abuse of a wife. It's about um, movements, becoming a, someone who speaks up for movements. It's about diagnosing people from afar with things like borderline personality disorder, narcissistic. Everyone loves to call everyone a narcissist. Well, let me tell you. I might be talking into a microphone, thinking only of myself. But you don't know if I'm a narcissist. And for everyone going on about Amber Heard being, <clears throat> being a narcissist, it's like, she's an actor. There's all these people. There's an element of self-obsession. What are you doing? And don't get me wrong. There's something off about that lady. Because it's also about, you know, clips. There's clips of her being like, yeah, I hit you. What are you going to do about it? I'm, sorry, I'm paraphrasing. But. but then it's like, what if the context is, what is different, you know? We're getting fed information essentially for our enjoyment out of these people's lives. Like, we're basically being fed Two film, two people's. There's, there's the movies these people are in that makes you go, oh, I loved uh, Amber Heard in Aquaman, or I loved Johnny Depp in um, Mordecai. I'd love a Mordecai too, but we're not seeing that. And then you're like watching these, and you're like, I think it's good that Amber is speaking up, or I think Johnny's just uh, peachy keen. I mean, there's some crazy stuff going on over here. On some level, this is also about the amount when someone is worth so much money to so many people, it's weekend at Bernie's time. They could die practically, and you prop them up and hold them up. I, I, I and, and make them seem like they're doing great, you know. So Johnny Depp's blacking out. He's waking up and he's like, he's like, well, I didn't do anything. But that being said, this is 
if he's got like addiction issues, which it seems like he does, um, I do resent that the court case is turning into something where they're sort of attacking him for that and trying to say, look at how fucked up he was. Just because people are fucked up doesn't mean they're uh, hurting others necessarily. And you know, this is a, this is an almost thornier thing, but just because people have what are deemed personality disorders, it doesn't mean that they're a danger to others, and it doesn't mean they're always trying to manipulate you. They may be trying to get it treated. So at least when you talk about these personality disorders, this is a claim like untreated can lead to this. Because women are diagnosed a lot more with borderline personality disorder. And as I've said on this podcast, the reason things resemble borderline personality disorder sometimes has to do with trauma, PTSD, all kinds of reasonings. And that, so it might not be personality borderline. It might be coping mechanisms that are based out of fight or flight that resemble what people call BPD. Thank you very much. I'm here all week. I am a comedian with just remembering stuff I've read in books and telling it to you right now. So, you know, we also need to accept sometimes that people don't have classifiable disorders and their actions are based on situations. We just don't know. And in the end, whoever gets that money, whether Johnny Depp gets $50 million from his ex, who I don't know how she would have $50 million, or whether she countersues him and gets $100 million, we are getting $0. So, and actually, I guess that's what I'm trying to do now, is be a barnacle who gets maybe someone will go, oh, you know, Nick's completely befuddled take on the Depp Heard situation was great. I'm going to give him $10,000. Maybe that's, maybe I'll get some money. So I am trying to monetize it. I don't think it'll work. But in the end, I'm waiting till all of the Amber Heard side is finished before I come to my ultimate conclusion about this stupid case. It's also weird because Johnny Depp, who has said his career is ruined, he seems to have a very rabid fan base, so that's something he's got going for him. Uh, essentially, his testimony at the beginning of it was like an audition for the public. It was him trying to say, hey, I have charisma, remember? And I, for one, was won over. And I think a lot of other people were. So I'm not saying I was won over to the point where I don't... I, I have, like, a concrete judgment about this thing. I'm just saying it's like... he. It was an attempt at rehabilitation that possibly will work, except that the second half of the trial is the Amber Heard part. So the last thing everyone's going to know is all the stuff that could reflect very negatively. And 
Oh boy, the stuff this lady is saying is not good for Jammy. It's not good for Jammy. Boy. A little fun, a little dark. A little dark, a little fun. That's how we roll here at NFW, the Nick Flanagan Weekly Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I mentioned earlier about how I'm trying to monetize myself. You can go to ko-fi.com, ko-fi.com slash Nick Flanagan, or patreon.com slash Nick Flanagan, and uh, subscribe, make a one-time donation, all that nice stuff. And I'm doing shows at the Transac in Toronto, located at Bloor in Brunswick, just south of Bloor. One is May 8th at 2 p.m. with the great AL Senior. And the other is May 12th at 10.30 p.m. with the also great Kurt Newman. Both of them have appeared on the podcast. They're musicians. It's a show where there's music, and then I pop up and I do some stand-up. And they're all really fun. I hope you're doing well. Thanks so much for listening. Never forget Gizmo.